Well, today is Palm Sunday, and uh, it's, we remember Jesus riding into Jerusalem to the cheers of the crowds. We call it Palm Sunday because the Gospels tell us that, that people were waving palm branches. They were celebrating this entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. They were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. So to give us a little background to what happened there, I'd like us to watch a video entitled, My King. It's about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The next day, the great crowd that had gathered heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. This crowd praised him. They celebrated his miracles and with great expectation told everyone about him. But they did not know him. They were waiting for someone who would rule with strength and might. But he came as a humble servant. They wanted him to finally bring their people glory. But he wanted to change them so their lives would bring God glory. They were expecting a general who would crush their enemies. But he came saying, love your enemies. They thought he could offer them deliverance from their oppressors. But he came offering deliverance from sin. This crowd would soon realize that Jesus wasn't going to be what they wanted. And they turned on him before they ever realized he was what they needed. So as they yelled, Crucify! Pilate asked Jesus, Are you a king? Jesus answered, I am not that kind of king. His kingdom isn't what you see here. It won't be established by chaos and war. His kingdom is in our hearts. His kingdom is truth. His kingdom is goodness. His kingdom is righteousness. He is the humble king, the king of healing, the king of forgiveness, the king of love. Today, we lift our voices. We cry, Hosanna, save us. Save us from our sin. Come dwell in our hearts. Hosanna, we worship you. Jesus Christ, our king. So on Palm Sunday, the people were celebrating Jesus coming in, the triumphant king. But by Friday, they were shouting, crucify him, uh, many in the same crowd. And we're going to talk today about the message, power of the cross, about Jesus' crucifixion, what it means for us, what God wants to speak to us through it. Jesus' great triumph came not in this ride into Jerusalem, but on the cross where he died for you and me. It was all part of God's great plan. Acts 2.23 says, But this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. And so this verse is taken from Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. He makes it clear that Jesus' death on the cross was not an accident. 
It didn't take God the Father by surprise. It didn't take Jesus by surprise. It had been planned from before the creation of the world. It was part of God's grand plan to save mankind. And why was it necessary for Jesus to be crucified? Well, thousands of people had been crucified before Jesus and probably thousands of people had been crucified after. What was so special about Jesus' death on the cross? Well, let's think about the whole picture. The Bible teaches us that since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, every human being since then has sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, we have been separated from a relationship with God. And so our ultimate fate means that our eternity as sinners would be to go into a place called hell, separated from God from eternity in that place that's called hell. And so there was no hope for us. There was no way out for us, for mankind, of our penalty that we owed of sin, which was eternal death. There was nothing we could do to save ourselves. And so God came up with a plan. And His plan was to send Jesus, the very Son of God, to this earth as a human being, fully human and fully God, to live a perfect life. And at the end of that life, to die for us on the cross. He chose to die on the cross willingly and pay the penalty for our sin. The penalty was death and Jesus died for you and me. Taking the sin of every person who's ever lived and whoever would live upon Himself. Now He was the only sinless human being to ever live and that's why He could pay the price for our sin. And God accepted Jesus' sacrifice. If Jesus had stayed dead, His death would have meant nothing. And we would still be lost. But God acknowledged that Jesus had paid the penalty for our sin and He raised Him from the dead on Easter Sunday. And Jesus is alive today and forevermore. Acts 2.24 says, God raised Him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for Him, that is Jesus, to be held by it. And so Jesus came back to life. Not just to, as other people were raised from the dead, they came back to life. Jesus raised some people from the dead, but they died again. But Jesus came back to life, and He is alive forevermore. Uh, he is eternal and we're going to celebrate that resurrection next Sunday on Easter. But today we're going, to make, uh, we're going to talk about how Jesus made it possible for us to be saved by dying on the cross. We're going to study the importance and the power of the cross both for our own lives and for those that we know. The cross is the hope of the world. The cross holds the answer to every problem anybody may ever have. And as we experience the power of the cross in our lives, as that understanding permeates our being, it, it should motivate us to tell others as well so they can have an eternal hope also. The cross, first of all, shows us the wisdom and power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.8 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
And so we see that the word or message of the cross has a completely different effect on two kinds of people. The first kinds of people mentioned in this verse are those who are perishing, those who are not saved, those who are headed for eternal destruction. And most people who are perishing don't know it. They don't realize where they are headed. They don't realize what is at the end of the road of their lives. They're not saved and they are perishing. Now, when we hear the story of Jesus, when they hear the story of Jesus dying on the cross, they view it as as foolishness. They view it as having no relevance in their lives. Somebody died 2,000 years ago. Lots of people died 2,000 years ago. What does that have to do with me living in 2021? On the other hand, for those who are being saved, the message of the cross is, is the power of God. It's the message that brought to our lives conviction of sin and opened our eyes to understand who Jesus really is. And so, for those who believed in Jesus, the message of the cross is the power of God to bring about their salvation. So Paul writes in verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And so at the heart of the message of every believer, at the heart of the message of every true church, is the message of Jesus Christ crucified. It's it's not a message of, we must try to be good people. It's not a message of, there are many ways to God. It's a message of salvation through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The crucifixion was and is a stumbling block for the Jews. Why? Because it doesn't make any logical sense to them. They expected the Messiah to be a political ruler. And the Jews still expect the Messiah to come as a political ruler. But Jesus did not come as a political ruler. He came as a Savior. The crucifixion is is folly to Gentiles, who is everyone except the Jews, most of us. Because it doesn't make any particular logical sense. Why should it matter somebody died 2,000 years ago? And how can a person believe in a resurrection from the dead? Those things just don't happen. And so the verse refers to those who are perishing, both Jew and Gentile. But those who are being saved, those who are called by God, called to salvation, called to be part of the family of God, it's, it's a different story. And so God has in the past and today is calling both Jew and Gentile to come into His family. And for those who are called, Christ crucified is the wisdom and the power of God. In verse 27, Paul writes, it says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And so this passage is talking about that, as we read the whole context, that most of those who God calls to be saved are not noted for their worldly wisdom. Not many who are called to be saved are famous people. Not many who are called to be saved are the most powerful, acknowledged by all in the world. Most that are called to be saved are not the wealthiest in the world. The powerful of our world tend to think of believers as weak. 
as of no importance, as deplorables. And yet when Christ returns, and history as we know it ends, it will be believers who will shame the wise and the strong of this world. And so putting your faith in the crucified Lord is the wisest choice that any person could ever make in life. The cross shows us the wisdom and the power of God. And so the message of the cross should mark every true believer. It should mark every true church. Becoming a believer is not just a matter of, of saying that I believe in a God or I believe in God. The Bible tells us even the demons acknowledge that there is one true God. Becoming a believer is not just a matter of, of loving the God of your choice. Of being sincere about some particular belief. As believers, we must make it clear that the path to salvation is only through the crucified Christ. Jesus is the only way to God. He is the only path to salvation. Now when we talk about Christ crucified, we're going to be, have two reactions. The two reactions that we read about in this passage. Some will think it's foolishness and we shouldn't be surprised when we talk to some people about the crucifixion, Jesus dying on the cross for us, that people think it is, makes no sense. And they may even try to attack us for saying something they consider so foolish. But yet others will not think it as foolishness as the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives bringing conviction and they'll wake up to the power of God as revealed in the cross. I believe that we'd all like to see more people that we know saved. People perhaps that are our relatives, people that are our neighbors, people that are our workmates. And I believe the way that we're going to see more impact to our witness is to more openly talk about the power of the cross. Because the cross is truly the basis for faith in Christ. Move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, For I have decided, this is Paul writing, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And so we are studying in this series, this message series, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Paul is telling us what his method of witnessing, what his method of evangelism, method of church planting was all about in that city. In the previous verse, he said he didn't come with lofty speech. He didn't come with lofty wisdom. Public speaking was highly honored in the day of Paul. And great acclaim was given to eloquent speakers. And yet Paul said the core of his message wasn't in fancy arguments. It was simply about the cross of Christ. It's about Jesus Christ and His crucifixion. Now Paul didn't come with great confidence in his speaking ability. He said he came in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. In fact, many people looked down on Paul because he wasn't the greatest of speakers. What does Paul say about his speech? In verse for he says, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
And so Paul didn't rely on his human ability to attempt to impress people or persuade people. He relied on what he calls the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And what is he talking about here? Well, if you read the accounts of Paul's missionary journeys in the book of Acts, you begin to get a glimpse. You begin to see how God's Spirit worked through Paul in many different ways. As Paul spoke to people, some considered it foolishness and left. But others were convicted. And churches were planted in every city that Paul went to as people believed the simple speech, the simple message of the cross of Christ. We also see the power of the Spirit manifest in Paul working many supernatural miracles. Paul was one of the few people recorded in the Bible as raising someone from the dead. Seeing people healed. Seeing people delivered from demonic powers. He did not seek to impress people with his wisdom and knowledge. Why? Well, in verse 5 it says, So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul didn't want the people of Corinth or any of the other people to put their faith in him as his wonderful leader who could speak and dazzle the crowds with his rhetoric. Their faith had to rest in the power of God that worked in and through Paul, not in his particular words. Paul knew that different people have different natural abilities and talents, and yet he desired that every person that he met would understand that he was operating not in his own power, but in the power of God. And that power of God was and is available to every believer in Jesus Christ today. The basis for faith leading to salvation is Jesus Christ crucified. Now as I read some of these verses about Paul, I, it's an encouragement to me and I hope it's an encouragement to you on being a witness for Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we might think we don't know what to say. We don't know when to say it. And... If you're like me, perhaps you can identify with Paul as a witness in being at times feeling weak, afraid, and trembling. Anybody else felt that when you sensed a leading to talk to somebody? You felt, I can't do it. I'm afraid. What will they think? Well, Paul felt the same way. But that didn't stop him from speaking. And it shouldn't stop us from speaking. The power of the cross is not in how eloquent we, we might explain something. It's not in winning arguments with people. It's simply sharing the story of Jesus Christ and sharing the story of what He has done in our lives. We don't have to have the answer to every question people may ask. It's okay to say, I don't know. People ask me questions and say, I don't know the answer to that question. A lot of those questions, it's, God really doesn't want us to know, or he would have answered it for us. But we don't have to have the answer to every question. Don't let that stop you. When we speak of the power of the cross, the Holy Spirit activates our words, as simple as they may be, and brings conviction to the hearts of other people, brings faith to another person's heart. All we need is to be obedient when the Spirit prompts us to speak, to speak the things that he gives us to speak. We're not the ones who bring faith. We're not the ones who are there to win arguments with people who like to argue. Some will not accept our message. And it doesn't mean that you failed. 
It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It's, it's just the way it is. They will consider it foolishness. And yet others, sometimes people we think much less likely to become a believer, will suddenly receive the message and become a believer. I mean, who would have thought Paul persecuting the church, sending Christians to death, would ever have been saved? And yet he was. Yet he was. One of the keys in this, uh, for the Spirit empowering our words and lives is the importance of prayer. And we know from Paul's own words, he was a man of prayer. Uh, he prayed in English. He prayed in the Spirit at all times. He prayed without ceasing. And that is where the power of the Spirit in his lives came from. And that's where the power of the Spirit in our lives will come from as well. Prayer in our personal lives, as we pray, as we're alone with God, is vitally important. Praying every day and praying during the day. Learning to pray, being a constant attitude of prayer, and praying for people that we are praying for people that we may be witnessing to, praying for people around us, and offering to pray for people when they have needs as well, so that the power of God may operate. And even praying for other believers that the Spirit would move in their lives as well. And so my prayer is that God would help us and myself included to grow stronger in our witness of Jesus Christ and His cross through the power of the Spirit. The power of the cross is, is revealed by God's Spirit. Verse 10 says, These things God has revealed to us, speaking of believers, through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And so Paul writes, he's writing again to the believers at Corinth that they had understood, they had received this message of the cross, become believers through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows everything about God. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about every person who is alive. And as we cooperate with Him, listening to Him, speaking what He wants us to speak, He's able to reveal the message of the cross to those who have never understood it before. He says in verse 12, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And so not only is the Holy Spirit able to lead us to salvation, lead us to knowing Christ, He helps us to grow in our Christian life. It's not all over. Once we become a Christian, now we've arrived. There's nothing more to do. No, there's much to know about God that we have not yet received. It says that we might understand the things freely given us by God. You see, God has many blessings available to you as believers. He has all kinds of... Do we like free stuff? Who likes free stuff? Okay, He's got all kinds of free gifts He wants to give to you. And I can say that confidently that none of us has received all the free stuff God wants to give to us. There's always more. It's never exhausted. His supply of free stuff is never exhausted. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us to understand the things that God is offering to us that we might receive it in faith and use it for His purposes in our lives. It's through the Spirit that we both understand there is more that God has for us and that we 
receive it by faith so that God's will is accomplished through us. Verse 13, it says, And we impart this in words not taught by human understanding or human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So it's talking about people who are spiritual. What people are spiritual? It's believers. Uh, if you're a believer here today, you're a believer listening to me, you are a spiritual person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every believer. And the words that godly teachers use are taught and inspired by the Spirit. The Spirit can take our words, even though they're not perfect. Nobody speaks perfectly. He can take our words and use them to help people understand spiritual truths. Now we learn about God's truth from reading the Bible for ourselves. And each one of us should read for ourselves. You're not going to understand everything you read. I don't understand everything I read. But there's plenty you will understand. And that's what you need to put into practice. And as you grow, you're going to understand more. We learn from reading God's words. We learn from being taught by spirit-led uh, leaders in the church. And that's the way God has intended. It's not just you and Jesus. You're, you're meant to be part of a community in which God has gifted some with teaching along with many other gifts as well. And so the content of biblical teaching is properly interpreting spiritual truths. And spiritual truths can only be understood by those who are spiritual, who are led by the Spirit. And as we understand new spiritual truths, and God wants us to continue to understand new spiritual truths as long as we're alive. And when we get to the point we think we understand it all, you've stopped growing. Uh, you've limited your own growth. You've limited the amount of free gifts that God can give to you because you think you have it all. We need to be constantly pressing into God for more, to understand more, to receive more from Him because He is a God of unlimited knowledge. He's a God of unlimited blessings that He wants to pour into our lives. And as God does that, as we receive more from Him, He transforms us. He transforms our thinking. We begin to think differently. We begin to speak differently. We begin to act differently. He wants to transform us into what? And to be more and more like Jesus. And none of us has arrived there yet. We're on a pathway to becoming more like Him. Now the teaching of the Spirit is not understood by everyone. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So here we have, we talked about the spiritual person, now we talk about the natural person. The natural person is not saved. The natural person does not have the Spirit of God living in them. And so not only does the natural person reject the message of the cross, they also will not accept the truths of other parts of God's Word. It seems like foolishness to them. It doesn't make any sense. They're not able to understand it. And so the truth of God's Word can only be understood through the work of the Holy Spirit. He helps those who are willing to learn to spiritually discern what that truth is. And also discern what is not truth. If you hear something else, you're able to discern that is not true. That is not in alignment with God's Word. Oh yes, this is true. This is in alignment with God's Word. The message of the cross is revealed to people by the Spirit of the God, uh, by the Spirit of God. 
Now, the message and power of the cross, we've been talking a lot about it being meant to bring people to salvation. But that's not the only purpose of the message of the cross. The message of the cross is available to us as believers to grow in living in the power of the cross. We don't have time to talk about all the Scriptures that refer to it in the life of the believer. But Jesus instructed us to take up our cross and to follow Him as the crucified Lord. And so there's a whole message for us of how we are crucified with Christ. And there are many truths that we need to learn with that aspect. The message of the cross is available for believers to grow in living in the power of the cross. None of us have arrived. God desires for us to hunger for more wisdom and power of God in our lives. And Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. He loves to answer those prayers for people who hunger and thirst not after more money, not after winning the lottery, uh, not after other things in this world, but who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Spiritual growth happens as we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit and we obey His prompting in our lives. Now sometimes the things the Spirit tells us to do may seem at first glance like foolishness, like impossible things. But yet as we listen, as we obey, God will speak to us and give us steps, one step at a time, that we can obey and follow the Spirit's leading in our lives. The more that we grow and mature as Spirit-led believers, the more effective we're going to be in fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. And as I said before, there is no end of the things that God wants to reveal to us, the things that God wants to use us in. They're exciting things as we pursue them in God. And so the message of the cross is the wisdom and the power of God. Sometimes people today want to shy away from teaching about the cross. It seems so gory, you know, it seems so, but is, it seems so foolish. We just talk about God loves everybody. Yes, He does. But He loved everybody so much, He sent Jesus to die. And there's the message of the cross again, with the love of God. The message of the cross is the wisdom and power of God. And we must not shy back from speaking about the importance of Jesus crucified and being resurrected. The message of the cross is the heart of what Jesus came to this earth to accomplish. Many here will think the message is foolishness, but those who receive it, it's the power of God. And the message of the cross is the basis for faith in Christ. If somebody doesn't understand the message of the cross, they cannot be saved. That's the basis. Everyone has to understand the message of the cross in order to be saved. Without the cross, there is no true faith. Without the cross, there is no salvation. And God desires to reveal more to each one of us by His Holy Spirit concerning the power of the cross. And He desires for us to be His witnesses. About what? About the power of the cross to those around us. And so this morning, I want to give everyone here and everyone listening to me an opportunity to repent and become a follower of Jesus Christ to experience the power of the cross in your own lives. 
you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ before, or perhaps you've done it in the past, I give you an opportunity to recommit your life to Him this morning. To do that, you need to admit that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things, and that sin has separated you from God. And there's no way for you to deal with that issue of sin, that problem of sin. You need to repent to turn away from that sin. Secondly, you need to believe that Jesus died on the cross. There's the message of the cross that your sins might be forgiven. And ask Him to forgive you. And finally, see you and commit your life to following Jesus. He's alive today. He rose from the dead as your Lord and Savior. So I'd like to ask you now to bow your heads. We're going to pray. And I'd encourage you to... I'd encourage you to... Uh, Pray along with me. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I've done wrong things and I ask for you to forgive me. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. Forgive me. I commit my life to following you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Did we get the communion things ready or not? I think perhaps we didn't. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let us uh, close in prayer. Father, we just uh, thank you for the broken body and shed blood of Jesus on the cross. We thank you for what he did for us. The cross to us, God, is an emblem of your great love for us. And we thank you for that. We love you because you loved us first. We thank you that that cross is the wisdom and the power of God for our lives and for those of everyone who responds. God, we we thank you that the cross is the means by which people are saved. We pray that you would help us to speak about the message of the cross to those around us so they can be convicted by the Holy Spirit and brought into your family. We thank you that the message of the cross is revealed by the Spirit of God. We pray that you reveal more to us about the truth of the cross in our own lives that we might take up our cross and follow You, the crucified Savior. We thank You that You are our King, Jesus. And we are, have been saved to serve You. We thank You that You are alive. You rose from the dead. You're alive today. We pray, God, that we would celebrate You, think about You in this week as we think about You dying on the cross, and then celebrate on Easter, that you have risen from the dead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've made a commitment or recommitment of your life to Jesus Christ today, I'd like to ask you to check a box on the back of your Connect card. We also have uh, some materials for you on the table in the foyer. Startup studies, we encourage you to pick one of those up. If you haven't before, it will help you in your walk with God. If you're watching online, there's more information below the video that you can check out. 
on our website at lifechurchstlouis.org. And also, uh, you can connect with us there as well.